Hello and welcome to the TRADOC Leader Professional Development Program. This is the program's introductory webinar. Our series to begin this fiscal year is diversity and inclusion. We appreciate very much the efforts of Ms. Sarah Burkhaw, TRADOC and TRADOC's Diversity Director, who's been instrumental in preparing for this series. Helping us kick off the program today is TRADOC's command leadership team of General Paul E. Funk II, Commanding General, and Command Sergeant Major Daniel J. Hendricks. My name is Jim Heft. I work in TRADOC's Communication Directorate and will be moderating. So, what is leader professional development anyway? While it may be intuitive, the LPD program is intended to educate the Army workforce on driving cultural change, developing people of character, and promoting inclusion. Even though our fiscal year 21 theme is diversity and inclusion, some of our upcoming sessions may highlight other contemporary topics of importance and interest. And while today's webinar is only 30 minutes, remember it's just introductory, future sessions will be held monthly for an hour and feature a variety of guest speakers and topics. Now we appreciate you watching this webinar either on the command's Facebook page or TRADOC's website on the watch page. As we proceed through the webinar today and in the future, please feel free to leave a comment and have a conversation, but please keep your comments professional and pertinent. You know this. For this webinar, we asked for audience questions in advance. However, we got over 60 of them. <laughs> we fully expect for future sessions that questions will be taken live, uh, but if we don't get to all of those 60 questions today, we will answer them in the coming weeks over TRADOC social media. Additionally, these sessions are meant to be a shared learning experience and interactive, as well as set the stage for opportunities for leader engagement and team building wherever you're serving. Now we're in a unique environment with Command Sergeant Major Hendricks and myself here in the studio and General Funk on travel joining us via Microsoft Teams. This is a fantastic example that we can leverage technology to do mission command. So without further ado, I am pleased to introduce the 17th Commanding General of TRADOC, General Funk. Over to you, sir. Hey, thanks, Jim. Hey, uh, my name's Funk, and I'm an American soldier, and I'm proud to be a TRADOC warrior uh, and leading this great team. I'm joined today by my battle buddy, great friend, and brand new Command Sergeant Major Dan Hendricks. And we're thrilled to finally reinvigorate the TRADOC Leader Development Program. Just just like the weekly TCP live events that I hope you've all been attending virtually, this program is, the, is a chance for you to hear directly from us. It's a chance for you to come together to talk about tough topics like diversity, inclusion, sexual assault, sexual harassment, and suicide prevention, the big three as they're referred to these days. But it's also a chance to learn about our profession and drive cultural change. As Jim said, the theme for FY21 uh, program is diversity and inclusion. The strength of our Army comes from our diversity. It is the source of our power. Diversity is a weapon system to be used for good. And people, as you all know, are our asymmetric advantage. They're the center of gravity. So let's take a team approach. And let's use diversity and inclusion to be integral to everything we do. You know, the chief of staff says the big three of sexual assault, sexual harassment, suicide, racism, and extremism have no place in our army. And we must eliminate these corrosive behaviors now. 
Part of that solution is Project Inclusion, which is the Army's holistic effort to get after this. It gives a voice to everyone in our squad. Our program will give us the opportunity to be better under, to understand how to be inclusive leaders. Leading this effort with me at TRADOC is my great friend and battle buddy, Command Sergeant Major Dan Hendricks. He's a proven warrior, a scholar, and we're lucky to get him on our squad. And I'd like to take the opportunity to introduce him and to let him talk to the TRADOC team. Over to you, Sergeant Major Hendricks. Sir, thank you very much. Hey team, great to be a part of the TRADOC enterprise and great to be here in uh, this discussion today. Um, as we like to call these, there are honestly going to be some very uncomfortable discussions as we move forward with this. Uh, and I would just tell you, this has been an uncomfortable year. Uh, from day one, um, when I was in Iraq watching the United States Embassy get attacked and Molotov cocktails coming across, watching our U.S. soldiers have tactical ballistic missiles coming down on in Iraq uh, was not the way I wanted to start the new year off. And then this, this magical thing called COVID landed on top of us um, and has really kind of stressed the system, not only for the U.S. Army, but I would just tell you for the globe. And so as I have been in TRADOC now for um, a whopping 30 days, I would tell you I'm still in phase one of my ignorance reduction campaign uh, and I appreciate the senior leaders out there and the young soldiers are kind of helping me understand this enterprise that is truly impressive. Matter of fact, got in about one o'clock this morning uh, just to make sure we got here, got back from Fort Jackson and, and have seen some incredible things. What I will tell you is, you know, I think most senior leaders today have spent the last, you know, 15 years focused on our adversary. And that adversary came in the form of ISIS, Al-Qaeda, uh, the Taliban, depend on where you're deployed. Uh, but that is where we have focused our efforts on fighting and winning our nation's wars. Uh, today, I, I don't think that's our priority. Matter of fact, as you look at the adversary we face today, it's not some dragon across the sea or in the ocean. It is right next to you. It is a senior leader, a peer, that young soldier coming in, um, dealing with things such as suicide, suicide ideation, sexual assault, uh, and extremism and racism. And so those corrosive behaviors are undermining our profession and are the greatest risk that I think most of us see that will undermine us going forward today. And so I'm incredibly happy that uh, General Funk is leading this effort within TRADOC, not only for TRADOC, but what we'll talk a bit about today is TRADOC's role as we go forward uh, in supporting the integration of these efforts throughout the entire Army. Now, Sergeant Major, it's absolutely fantastic to have you uh, here on TRADOC, uh, TRADOC's uh, team. Obviously, you've hit the ground running here in your first 30 days. But talk a little bit more about these first 30 days. What have you seen? What, 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 how, what, how has TRADOC met your expectations, things of that nature? Sir, what I'll tell you is... Uh, very surprising. It is a vast enterprise, uh, one of which that I am really just trying to get my arms wrapped around, but we got some great leaders that have been helping me through that. And probably more importantly, I think as I've really witnessed and understand now is, you know, taking a young kid, right, straight out of high school, and I've just met several of them over the last couple of weeks, um, watching that process of them raising their hand doing something different, greater than themselves, 
coming in as a civilian with long hair and a goatee, <laughs> and then really transitioning through that process to basic training, to OSEP, to AIT, and then ultimately as we kind of um, help them through the process to their first unit of assignment. And that is an incredibly powerful process and not an easy one to kind of navigate. So we have to understand the, the, the kids coming in today, um, they are coming from a completely different vantage point uh, than I think most of us today. And so as we talk about what we're seeing um, outside the gates, you know, these young kids are coming in trying to figure out how am I a soldier, but how do I get you know, involved with some of these social issues? How do I have my voice heard? And I think a little bit of that today is what we're going to talk about, and more importantly, give them a pathway uh, so their voices are heard. Absolutely, and we were thrilled to receive over 60 questions here over social media for this particular uh, webinar, this introductory webinar. Again, we're just introducing this topic that we're going to cover over the series of diversity inclusion. But let's, let's stop me talking. Let's get right to it. Uh, get to our first question, and, and General, we'll have you answer this. What does the Army look like with a diverse and inclusive workforce? How does this help us become, as we say, victory starts here at TRADOC, how does this help us become victorious in the battlefield? So, so General, your thoughts on that? Well, I think that, uh, first of all, it's a great question. And, and by the way, that's an incredibly snappy tie you have on there. So we should talk about that a little well, while later anyway. as well. But let, let me just say that, uh, you know, I think that the, the diverse workforce in the Army, from the civilians all the way to the uniform personnel, is a kaleidoscope of colors. It is, in fact, the diversity that is our strength, as I've said before. What is common is the name tag we wear and the uniform that allows us to be, to determine what, it, what, is, uh, what, what is reflected around the globe as uh, hope and fear. This uniform means hope to those around us that need a, a, a helping hand, those that have been put down by a, a dictator or some sort of despot, those that have been uh, impacted by some sort of natural disaster. And then it means fear to our adversaries and our enemies. And what we have to do is remember that this says U.S. Army on it. We are all part of an inclusive, diverse team. We wear the cloth of our great nation across the globe and around the world 24 hours a day and seven days a week. As we look to uh, be more inclusive, we've got to understand that each other's differences are our strengths. We've got to understand that those corrosive behaviors that we have must be stamped out. And they must start from the squad all the way up to the four-star general level, to the ACOM level. That's what it looks like, in my, in my opinion, uh, people's values and their our, our Army values need to collide so that we can, in fact, have a common sense of purpose and goals. And that's what a profession really is all about. So I'll, I'll push it back to you there, Jim, but uh, that's what I would say. Absolutely. You know, historically, we've, we've seen uh, armies that have not been diverse lose and lose badly. <laughs> you know, the, the National Socialists come to mind, Imperial Japan uh, comes to mind. So, Sergeant Major, how does diversity make the Army more lethal uh, in, in order to, to get after it and fight and win our nation's wars? So, and maybe I might date myself here, but as a brand new private coming in the United States Army, 
my first field problem was the Gulf War, right? So first thing I ever did was found myself out on a tank in the middle of the desert, uh, very confused because I really thought I was coming in for college money, but that's how it all started. Um, but what's interesting is from that to now, we've made some great strides, but we also have some gaps. And so what do I mean by that? Um, great strides, what I never saw um, in those days that, matter of fact, happened when I was a brigade CSM running through the motor pool with my brigade commander, just dramatically came to a stop and looked up on one of the tanks. And I was just, it caught me off guard um, to the point that I, I had to tell the brigade commander, hey, do you, do you understand what you're looking at? And what, what is it? It was two female mechanics, sleeves rolled up, engine was removed, and they were fixing that tank. And it seems like, well, what's so dramatic about that? 24 years of service, and I've never seen that, right? And it was a moment of pride that I would just tell you was long overdue, and you're starting to see um, the efforts of kind of getting gender throughout all our MOSs uh, across the formation. During the Gulf War, as I described, my company commander, Captain Williams, um, I didn't think anything of it at the time, but he was black. OIF-1, my lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Orlick Wilkins. Um, and I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. Lieutenant Orlick Wilkins uh, looked a lot like Urkel and had a financial background. And I really kind of asked him, I'm like, sir, why, why, did you, why did you join the Army? He goes, well, I was a platoon sergeant at the time, sergeant first class during OIF-1. And he said, well... It was a bet. Um, I wanted to join the Army. I was a financial wizard. He was working on Wall Street, and he wanted to do something more um, after 9-11. So I thought I was starting off on the wrong foot, but what I will tell you, and we'll talk about this a lot today, he had an incredible ability to build trust with his organization at the individual level that that platoon, to include myself, would have done anything for him. And it, it was beyond just trust. It, it came down to love. Um, and so he was willing to put his life on the line and had done it several times. I uh, got put in for Three Purple Hearts that tour. Mm. Uh, but what every soldier in that platoon knew is that they would follow him anywhere because they knew he was committed in the same way. I give both those vignettes because they were... Um, they were both minority leaders that I didn't even think about. And so today, in combat arms, where are those minority leaders? I think we've got to take a hard look at that uh, to make sure that we're given you know, equal opportunities across our formation in that reference. So we know in the Army that we like to measure things, and we like to have metrics and, and what have you. And so I'm wondering right now, what in particular is TRADOC doing to address diversity and inclusion? And how will the command's objectives, you know, what are the command's objectives with respect to diversity and inclusion? How are we going to measure it? Do you, do you I know you've only been here 30 days, but do you have some thoughts on this? I, I do. Um, and so there, I think it's two parts. I think part one, that there's a TRADOC internal piece, but there's also a TRADOC's respons responsibility as the integrator, right, for leader development, for professional military education, and it's really an Army focus. So I, I would just say I think uh, the CG is heading in the right direction, whereas we look at the people strategy for the Army, 
that he is the driving force for ensuring we integrate you know, inclusion and diversity for the Army, not just for TRADOC. And with that being said, we also have these efforts that we are working internal to TRADOC that gives us an ability to create some incredible products. So whether they're you know, YouTube videos or products to help you know, our own leaders kind of get after these uncomfortable conversations and have an important dialogue, um, very, very important. And I'll just tell you, as we get into these programs, if, if you're doing anything along the lines with a PowerPoint uh, that's behind you and you're talking to large groups and swaths of people about this, then you are, you're absolutely wrong. You, mm. You've missed the mark because these are, these are very personal and they become really powerful when you get in that in, uh, confined environment with your team, Definitely. with your squad. Teams, this is my squad for sure. General Funk, your, your thoughts on what TRADOC is doing regarding diversity and inclusion specifically? Um, well, actually, we, we took an annex. We are a, a involved, not only involved, committed to uh, helping write the annex that is going to be the people's strategy on diversity and inclusion. And what we're going to do is uh, put some metrics in there. These metrics will involve, uh, you know, just, in fact, I don't know that you can measure it as much as you can make sure that it reflects society. And I think that's the right measure. And then from there is, how are we mentoring people to, to make them stay part of our teams? And that's where I think we, we've got to maintain our, uh, maintain our diversity and inclusion. We've got to keep people in. We've got to make them want to be part of our team. We want, we want them to trust us. We want to, and then from, you build trust both ways, by the way, lower, lower to higher and higher to lower. And trust is, uh, is one of the integral pieces of this. So as we measure that, it can be by how well we are taking care of our people and how well we, uh, we have uh, reflect the diversity of our society. So that's what I think. I'll tell you that as we're working through the metrics right now with the buildings, so we're, uh, I think this plan will be out in a couple of weeks, and once it's out, we'll, we'll be able to measure it uh, uh, throughout the programs. Now, uh, a few weeks ago when I learned that I was going to end up being the moderator here for this program, number one, I was extremely excited about it, uh, but then you know, the thought started crossing my mind that, okay, there is some diversity here. I'm a former Navy guy, former sailor, retired, um, and uh, you know, we've got a four-star general there, and we've got a senior enlisted leader here. So, you know, we, we've had experiences across the globe that have been different. I'm, I'm a Yankee, you know, <laughs> and you guys are from different uh, parts of the country. So there's diversity there, but let, let's be honest. Everybody watching here realizes that we're, we're all white guys. We're all white men. Um, and so that question has also come up in the course of us asking uh, about this webinar, what people would like to hear about. And, I guess the question is, is, how should people receive our comments today? Um, what does diversity mean coming from us? And in general, why don't you take this one? <laughs> yeah, so I'm aware, I'm pretty, I'm very self-aware of the fact that, yes, I am a white four-star general and an Army brat. So I'm not categorized in a couple of ways. So I've been in the Army for 58 years. So let's broaden, this, let's broaden the discussion a little bit. Okay, so 0.04% of the people in America serve in uniform. That makes us diverse to begin with. We become professionals. We are, in fact, the standard bearer for what a profession uh, should, should exude. So I am very much uh, aware that uh, we have some self-awareness to do on our biases, 
and our, our programs for inclusion. And I'm open up and uh, believe that uh, God gave you two ears and one mouth and you ought to use them in proportion. And I think that uh, the way we work through this piece is to recognize that we're all American soldiers first. And then from there, actually become, uh, harness the diversity that, uh, that we have across our great formations. So that, that's kind of where I am on this. We're already part of an incredible uh, diverse organization and we're also very much uh, um, looked at as a, um, a small piece of society. So we are, in fact, valued across the world. Yeah. And, and what's fantastic, again, just remind everyone, is this is an introductory webinar. Think of this as a series. So yes, you're getting an introduction to diversity and inclusion by this panel today. But as we go through the next six, seven, how many long we're, we're going to be having, on diversity and inclusion, you're going to see uh, many different people talking about uh, diversity and inclusion. And, and your thoughts, Sergeant Major? No, it's a, it's a great point. And I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it out front, right? It is the 800-pound gorilla as we talk about inclusion and diversity, as we have three kind of white guys sitting here doing that. Um, so it, it gets to a mindset, and I'll, again, I think what what senior NCOs do for you is they spend a significant amount of time at the operational level and they bring that perspective uh, into the discussion. And so my framework is really about the crucible of combat, right? So when you come into combat arms, it's what it's designed for. And over the, you know, the span of the last 30 years, I've had significant deployments, um, you know, fighting against those adversaries in the United States. And so I would just personally tell you, when I look at leaders, when I say leaders, I'm primarily talking my officer corps, um, whether it's a platoon leader, a company commander, a battalion brigade, I do not care about color or gender. I am solely focused on one thing. And matter of fact, I'll overlook a whole lot of other kind of gaps um, because I'm looking at competence. Why? Because that's the life of myself and my soldiers whose lives are on the line every day. Um, and so that always overrides everything as I have gone up. And so as I talked about Lieutenant Orlick Wilkins, I never, I never put it in that framework because his competence outshone everything else. And the same with Captain Williams, my first commander in the Army. And so as we go forward, and I think... Uh, General Funk hit it on the head. How do we make sure that there are equitable opportunities and that we are actively pursuing, um, you know, our minority officers to stay in the Army as they continue to move up? And then I'll tell you, I think that also crosses over into our civilian population because you'll start to see some very similar trends um, as they move up as well to where it gets heavily dominated uh, based on... You know, I think 70% of our GS population comes in ex-military. Mm -hmm. And so you'll, you'll see that as well. And it's, uh, it's really good to see a renewed focus on those issues to make sure we're really trying to make change in the Army. So, General, who is responsible for diversity and inclusion? Um, you know, for ensuring that these objectives are met? I'm, I'm presuming it's probably you to start, but outside of yourself, uh, who, who would you say is responsible for DNI? Well, frankly, it's all of us. You know, at Tradoc, we own the Accessions Enterprise, so we have to be looking for those opportunities to find talent wherever it is. 
And as as we as we grow and look and and, and get out and uh, what we call in the in the uh, recruiting world this prospect, we got to look at and make sure we have a diverse lens as we look across the spectrum for that. But we're all responsible for diversity. Once we acquire the talent, we're all responsible then to mentor and keep people in. So that's exactly what we got to be able to do. This is Sergeant Major. Yeah. So. Everyone, right. absolutely, <laughs> it's everyone's responsibility uh, to look at this effort. And then more importantly, when you see it's gone askew, uh, when you're seeing things that you fundamentally know are wrong, it is your responsibility to speak up, to say something, to not let that go by. You know, non-commissioned officers are taught in the very early days of being an NCO, um, you know, getting after little things that you see don't ever walk by a problem, right? So on-the-spot corrections. And so I know it's a lot deeper than that, but those are some of the big issues that we see. Uh, and I would tell you that were, that were really interesting to see when, uh, matter of fact, I was just at Fort Jackson. And this, this brand-new private who had just come in um, had a really rough start to his military career. So came in went into kind of a two-week yellow phase where we, we keep them separated and it's really about the COVID strategy, which is not easy, by the way. Um, next thing you know, his buddy comes down COVID positive. So then he gets separated again. So now he's under quarantine. And next thing you know, he comes down COVID positive. So he literally spends five, almost six weeks in this kind of do loop of not even getting to start uh, you know, his journey into the military. Uh, and so he struggled with that. He struggled with it a lot. Um, you know, a young, kind of tall, lanky, um, you know, Caucasian kid from the South. And as he's going through that, finally gets into basic training and is working his way through that, uh, walks into a bathroom, and he comes upon one of his peers um, about to attempt to commit suicide uh, by hanging himself. And so... He kind of starts working through the process of talking him down, uh, taking the belt from him, getting leadership involved. And so I had the opportunity to speak with him. I actually had the opportunity to speak with uh, the soldier that um, had attempted suicide. And then the drill sergeant, uh, who also became critical to this scenario. And so as he received help, uh, it was interesting, his perspective now. And, and so tying in the family to these kind of significant issues was very important. The drill sergeant, what I like to call, you know, the visual of, you know, taking off the brown round, taking off the hat and speaking to folks as an individual, um, maintaining standards and discipline, but being an engaged leader had a huge effect. And so this young kid talked very positively about that. Um, and what was really interesting about it is we reached out uh, to the family yesterday. We, we promoted mm. this brand-new private uh, in reference to that was the, the thing we're looking for, his own resiliency, and then looking out for your battle buddy. And then probably even more importantly, uh, they reached out to his family today just to tell him awesome. how proud we were of him. Well, sir, you mentioned my snappy tie there uh, earlier. I'm wearing yellow for Suicide Prevention Month today, and we have the We Care app 
available for folks that they can download uh, either on Android through Google Play or through Apple uh, through the iPhone. Um, and and uh, that's got your resources, your local resources and national resources for suicide prevention. So uh, hopefully folks will go do that. We're at the end. I, I, I had a bet with uh, the sergeant major that we could get to five. And I'm, obviously I owe, I owe him money now. So that's not going to happen. But General Punk, you have some real quick closing comments? I absolutely do. Uh, first of all, thanks, everybody. And remember, this is just the intro. And uh, just to let you know that we are listening, even if it's in digital form, to guest 4997, we're going to get after the Army Combat Fitness Test. What we got to do is not freak out, but work out. And then from there, we'll, we'll learn and we'll adjust as we go. So let's be part of the positive uh, trend towards changing the culture of fitness in our Army. And let's get out and get after it. Uh, back to you, Jim. Thank you, Sergeant Major. Uh, final thought. Final thought. Look, uh, first and foremost, great to be uh, part of this team, sir, and really reaching out as we look forward to moving this forward. I'm not a fan of this format because it is all about kind of getting in folks' face, talking to them, sitting down, and having real conversations. So the boss and I both look forward to coming out and seeing you, but more importantly, you have the ability to do that right now in your own formations, so we look forward to supporting you. All right, well, folks, that's all the time we have for questions, obviously. Thanks again, General Funk, Command Sergeant Major sure. Hendricks. It's great. It was a fantastic discussion. Obviously, a lot got covered. I learned a lot, um, and I'm sure everyone on the web did as well. So thank you very much for your time. For everybody watching, put these ideas that you heard here today into practice, and be sure to tune in next time for a deep dive on talent management with Lieutenant General Retired Thomas Bostick. That's going to be great. Join us October 22nd at 1100 Eastern, either on Facebook or the TRADOC website. Come prepared with your questions. Until then, gentlemen, thank you very much for being here. Thank you all for watching. Remember, victory starts here.